0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to an all new episode of Unbuckled Chinstrap. I'm your host, Paul Rabel, and this is an especially fantastic show we have for you today. During these unprecedented times of COVID 19 and this pandemic, where we've all been quarantined, whether it's with your partner, or your family, your friends, or yourself, there's been a lot that's happened, a lot we're thankful for, in particular, first responders and our healthcare professionals. But there's also a lot of businesses that are undergoing major changes. In this week's episode, I host Jerry Raganese, who's not only a star face-off player in the PLL and has been on every level, but he's also a co-founder of his company, Pro Athletics, and they underwent a number of changes in a matter of days, rescuing their business in the face of sales decline, switching their production line from sporting apparel to protective masks in a matter of days. So the impetus was to help the community. They built the Guardian Mask, we've since partnered with them. So you can get your own Guardian Mask that Jerry produces, that we advertise and we sell. You can get a PLL mask like me or an Atlas Lacrosse Club like me, or you can get a Redwoods Lacrosse Club Guardian Mask like Jerry. We also offer Beans Lacrosse. Mask. We'll talk about all of that, how he got so good at face-offs, what he thinks about faceoffs, why he can win. So if you're a face-off player out there, this podcast is for you. He talks about Trevor Baptiste, who he thinks has the quickest hands in the league. Jerry's a humble guy. He's also a foodie. So we talk about the foods that he loves and why he's such a talented chef, how he learned to cook, which will surprise you. Anyway, Jerry does most of the talking, thankfully for me and for each of you listening. So let's go listen. Mm. Jerry Ragonese. How you doing, brother? Oh, I still got all my fingers and toes. Can't complain. <laughs> Everyone's been waiting for this podcast. No one's been waiting for this. <laughs> Every, literally, everyone. You're 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 a player favorite. You're a fan favorite, and that's that's been the case for you for your entire professional lacrosse career. I don't know what it was like for you at RIT. Nobody liked me there either. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we got a chance to spend more. T- my, I guess our, our first amount of time together in the MLL. And then um, you were uh, you were a big supporting force and advocate for us when we were starting the Premier Lacrosse League and, uh, and a Redwoods player, obviously. But I want to acknowledge that you're on the show right now because of the great work that you're doing in the community on behalf of your company, Pro Athletics, and the Guardian masks that you were... Pfft, you know before a lot of the major sporting goods manufacturers that you see you know quite regularly and that being Nike, New Balance, Under Armour, Adidas and uh, and even a lot of the manufacturing plants so uh, we've, we've done a partnership with you and now we have your Guardian masks and PLL colors and, and all of our seven, actually eight teams if you count beans because there was high beans. demand. We've moved uh, thousands of masks in like 72 hours. So this is, uh, this is a credit to you, young man. So uh-huh. I want to thank you first, but then uh, I also want, want you to just share kind of the impetus around it and from your home in, in New Jersey as I look across the screen at you.
1: Um, I I just want to thank you guys first for the opportunity. Um, you know, I've been, I've been trying to work with, uh, the leagues I've been in for, I mean, this is my 10th year this will be my 10th, this will be my 10th year. Um, and I'm just super ecstatic to have the opportunity, um, and a feather in the cap is the beans just after after we launched that and people are just all I'm reading all the comments just where are the beans get me the beans the beans What's with that? and your brother's yeah. like your, your brother's like, hey can we do a beans mask I' was like I guess we have to. We can. <laughs> 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 it's public demand yeah. Um, but yeah again guys I just want to thank you so much it's, uh, it's it's a feather in my cap it's a it's an awesome opportunity and, and I mean the whole team's super stoked to have the uh, to have the opportunity to work with the Pll. Um, well, I, I appreciate
0: you being humble, um, that that's consistent with your character and, and why everyone loves you. But uh, please tell us about the the, the the first days of you going through the process of thinking about uh, flipping some of your resources you have at your manufacturing plant, which is in the US. So you can turn that which is part of the challenge. is this, we're in a global pandemic. So big, big, you know, manufacturers that rely on overseas supply chain get shut down and, you know, their arms are crossed, something they can do. Um, so, so what was, what
1: were you thinking about first before obviously any type of league deal? Um, so like any, uh, business owner, um, these past couple of weeks, um, everybody's been like, Hey, when is this other shoe going to drop? Is, are we going to go into quarantine? What's that going to look like? What is, a, what does essential business look like? Um, what does payroll look like? Um, mm-hmm. and we were just kind of ramping up to our, uh, our cash flow season, uh, which is lacrosse baseball football, which we all manufacture, uh, in Agora Hills, California, um, very proudly, um, in the States. And, you know, we just kind of saw all these leaves, customers saying, Hey, I think our season's getting canceled. I think our season's get canceled. And, you know, we're not a fortune 500 company. We're uh, a small business and we're saying, okay, we got to make payroll. We have bills to pay on the first. And, you know, um, me and my two business partners, Chris Ramey, uh, captain at RIT graduated in 2010 underneath me and my other business partner, Chris Cerna graduated from Pepperdine in, uh, in the two thousands. Um, you know, we didn't want to lead on to anybody, um, what was going on, uh, behind the scenes. Every day we come in, smile on our face. Everything's good. No problem guys. Cause we still had work to do. We we're still filling high school across orders and all that good stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, uh, the three partners didn't take any salary. We paid out all of our employees. We were super concerned. I, I didn't sleep for what felt like a month. Yeah. Um, or at least not well. And, um, it finally came down to the day where he had to furlough everybody and, you know, we're just sitting there all talking on the phone saying like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The, the SBA loans were not looking good. The PVP was not looking good. Um, and we just said, um, you know, this might be it, you know, we'll see how things look at the end of the week. And it was really, I mean, it was, I mean, there's been a lot of close to death, calls, I guess you call them business, um, yeah. where you're just like hey, come Monday, this is over. Uh, but that was the first time where it was like, all right, like, you know, we were, we were calling the crematorium, you know, we were trying we were just like, okay, like how are we going to sell off the machines, et cetera, et cetera. And, mm. um, we came across the defense act, um, something that enacted in world war two where like Ford started making, um, uh, missiles and arms for, for the war. Yeah. Uh, we looked into that which um, some local governments were talking about saying, hey, the, the PPE in the country is completely, uh, it's, it's out. We don't have enough because it's all made overseas in China and anything that's coming from China is getting stuck in, in customs for 12, 14 days because that's what they thought that the virus, uh, how long that lived on surfaces. So they had to let the virus die before they could actually touch any of that stuff. Um, so we said, all right, well, our sewing machines don't know if we're sewing a pair of shorts or a mask or sheets for a hospital bed. Let's try this, see what happens. And, um, we made a couple hundred masks. Um, you know, we're fortunate that we're talented enough. We have the the machines and the, uh, technical know-how just to, you know, figure out how to make a mask. And honestly a mask is much easier than sewing a 22 panel football jersey together. Um, and we put a couple of masks out and we said, Hey, if you want them, they're here. Um, and we were kind of first to market, at least in the, the, the lacrosse world, um, first to market in, um, I guess the U S manufactured masks, um, cause yeah. nobody wanted to touch anything from overseas. Um, okay. even now I look at, you know, if I'm on Instagram, every other ad is mask, 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 mask. And I look at the comments. It's where's it made Thailand? Where's it made China? Where's it made Pakistan? And everyone's just like, no, 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 no. Um, everybody's very hard on the, uh, USA mask. And, um, unfortunately LA is a, is a big, um, garment, I guess, capital uh, yeah. of the uh, of the world, or at least the United States. And we are fortunate that we have our supplies, we have the resources all here, we don't have to wait for anything. So we were able to get a ton of masks out, we work in double shifts overnight. Um, and we've just we've just been rising to the occasion. Um, you know, getting phone calls from people, hey, my, my mom has uh, asthma, can you get her a mask next day or get it out the door? Hey, um, you know, this hospital is out of PPP. Can, can I donate mask? Absolutely. We're going to double it, get it out the door. So that's been kind of the last, I guess, 30 days now, it's been a blur of just, you know, fielding those calls and everything's a hot potato. Everybody's like, Hey, you know, we're out of PPP in Brooklyn. Can you get us mask done? Get them out the door. Hey, um, you know, we're noticing a lot of, uh, essential workers don't have masks. So we've been going to grocery stores, just handing them to the managers and give these to your people. We've been seeing UPS drivers. Hey dude, here's a box brings to the hub, give this to your guys. And you know, we've, we've, uh, specialize in, in, decorating garments. So we've made them a little fun. we it's not just right. a, a white mask we're doing. You know, we got actually, these just came in today, you know, camo just, you know, to make it a little less ominous, a little bit more fun. Um, you know, a little bit more brand oriented. We've done, FedEx, uh, post office, UPS, um, anybody that's moving packages, essentially, we want those guys in masks. And they're all just like, yeah, we got one mask from HQ, because that's all they could get their hands on. So thank you. Yeah. How Uh, how are you balancing?
0: How are you balancing the philanthropic effort of just getting masks out to people who need it while also balancing the uh, your balance sheet, so to speak, and and making sure that there is you know the economics tied to the health of your business, which was you know kind of on the brink as you had mentioned prior.
1: Yeah, um, it, it's been it's been a tightrope. You're like, this is a product we never sold before. What's the price point? Well, how do we do this? Okay, well, we're using USA manufactured products. Um, we're using USA f- fabric. It's going to be more expensive than going to Amazon and saying, oh, here's a two dollar mask, and that was actually a big. That was a big hurdle for me personally, when we originally posted this, this kind of getting the blowback of like, oh, you're price gouging. You're, you're, yeah. You you're shouldn't, shouldn't be charging a dime for this. You should be just donating this to nurses. And it's like, I understand. And uh, you are right. We should be donating these to nurses and, and being philanthropic. And we are. Um, but we also, I have to be, I have to take care of the the, the 15 people that work at my shop. Right. And who rely on us to put food on the table. So we found a price point where we can pay our bills. Um, we're certainly not making money, <laughs> yeah. um, but our, our sewers are paid and they're paid well and they're paid overtime and they're paid hazard pay. Um, you know, everybody's being taken care of the way they should be. And that's, you know, we haven't taken any paychecks, at least as owners um, since this has started, because we're so worried about just making sure that we keep fabric on the shelves because everybody's buying it. Um, making sure that we're getting the right, we're, moving machines out, getting new machines in that, that speed us up. Um, and the faster we can move masks, the lower we can drive the price. And, and you know, the hospitals, at, the hospitals, the trucking companies are coming to us and they're saying, hey, we need these. You know, I, I can charge far less than retail. I can get these masks in people's hands, uh, one, fast, and two, at a, at a price point where, you know, I'm not going to bankrupt a company just because they're trying to put people back Doing, they're doing the same thing I'm doing. They're trying to just get their people working and put food on their tables. And and who would I be to, you know, take advantage of that? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, we started this company to, you know, reshore and make American jobs. You know, I got to make sure that I'm staying true to that and making sure that American jobs do stay here.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing story because what you've done is... Uh, created a, a new business opportunity within the confines of of the structure you had created, so that you can keep your business alive and continue to employ the workers that you had otherwise would have been furloughed. And uh, and we get these these awesome products. I'm I'm holding up my uh, Premier Lacrosse League
1: Guardian mask. Um, I got to get you an XL. Uh, you got you got the right. beard like I do. I can I have the beard <laughs> and I have the
0: Lebanese nose. You know, yeah, so we it's, it's, we got a big one for you. <laughs> and in small years, like the whole thing's fucked up, but <laughs> the mask actually works. My face is fucked up. The mask <laughs> is great. <laughs> so, um, so, so Jerry, so why did you decide or how, like, when, when you had graduated, this is, you're now going to play your 10th season. So graduated from mm-hmm. RIT. what did you study at RIT? Uh, advertising
1: photography. Ah, I didn't know that. I've never and- asked you that. No, never asked. I mean, because I didn't pick up a camera for 10 years after I graduated, I hated it. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's actually funny. I was in, I was in my fifth year. I'm uh, oh, sorry, my fourth year, um, my senior year and, uh, my, th- we had a big, the biggest class in RIT history is like 500 kids, like kids sitting on the stairs, like in the auditorium and all this stuff. And some guy comes in and he takes out the iPhone one and he goes, you see this, you see all this right here. He goes, you guys are now obsolete because of this, hmm. and we're, everyone's like, Everyone just goes, What? He goes, Everybody on earth is going to have a camera in their pocket, they will not need you. You need to diversify your skill set, get better in Photoshop, get better in XYZ. And everybody lost their minds. He's Rightfully he was so. right, he was, that's amazing. Oh, he, absolutely right. And he was an adjunct, he didn't care. He was like, Whatever. Um, so, um, I said, Okay, I can either keep taking pictures and try to, you know, I, I know what this is going to look like. It's going to be my, all my classmates trying to get the same wedding gig and we're all going to drive each other's price into the ground, or I can do something else. And I had a club team called Wu-Tang killer bees at the time. Um, okay, and pause. I just oh. Ex- explain, explain
0: <laughs> Wu-Tang killer bees. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so back, back in the day when the, uh, the big summer circuit tournaments like Worth the shore glass and Barry, um, or a couple others that, that escaped me at the moment, um, you would basically go with your college team to, you know, this tournament. And it was a good excuse to get, you know, a bunch of friends in a hotel room, have a few, a few drinks and, you know, see if you could play lacrosse the next day. Um, and we, (laughs) we went one time in full RIT gear and we just got made fun of just like, Oh, where's your coach? What's going on? Like from team Facebook, team Budweiser, like all these, you know, that was, uh, Hatteras Press, bunch of Hopkins guys. Right. Like, um, Can't believe those Hopkins so we, guys, man. Yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, the next season, I was like, all right, we're going to start up a club team. It's going to be called the Wu-Tang Killer Bees at RIT. We're big Wu-Tang fans. Um, and I remember taking out a loan from my dad. I just ordered a whole bunch of gear. And uh, in true uh, lacrosse club tournament style, no one paid for it. And everybody walked away with it. And I was like, all right, well I have extras. How am I gonna recoup this cost? So I put it online and I sold it. Sold out in a day. Um gosh we need was, to get some Wu-Tang like, Killer Bees masks. Hey, Method Man played. Method
0: Man played any any raps about man lacrosse. Played. We're trying yeah, to get I Meth mean, to dude, do like you gotta, to just take over. I just you got the give him the keys. Just give him the keys. <laughs> meth, let the peel. Um, I mean, that that's a way for us to grow. I I'm, I'm telling you, I'm being honest. We gotta get meth involved. In. Sold.
1: I got the design still. Um, but anyways, fast forward, um, I sold all that Wu-Tang killer B stuff and, uh, I had a, a guy approach me and said, Hey, I'm closing down this shop. Would you like to start this new business with me? I would like to use your team as kind of a, as a marketing springboard and fast forward six years, we were importing, exporting out of China with uniforms. And then we saw kind of the political climate, um, with, uh, with Trump becoming president. We said, listen, if this guy gets an office, he's going to do something with trade. Now is the time for us to uh, bet on ourselves, strike why the iron is is hot, so to speak. And we took out a crazy loan, got a bunch of machines, had no idea how to use them. And we call it crashing the car, and we just crashed the car for a year. We had no idea what we were doing. We didn't know how to sew. We didn't have sewers. We had no idea how sublimation worked. Um, Colors, whatever, we just... Stayed up for three weeks just trying to figure out how to piece together a factory. We we didn't mm-hmm. know what HVAC was. We didn't know <laughs> electric load machinery. It was. If yeah. I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't tell myself to do it. But now we're
0: probably. My guess is there probably wasn't in. many like YouTube
1: tutorials on it either. What's your level of machinery? <laughs> I mean, nobody was making anything in the states. No one makes anything in the states. Yeah. And now that's kind of why we're in the position that we're in
0: right now. It, it, you know, I'll venture to say this, it's far more difficult to figure out that that level of machinery and, and start a business when you take out a, a loan of that size and so on, but uh, sticking with RIT, our, our while you were there, you, you didn't face off when you were first there, and then you got thrown into it, uh, you maybe tried it a few times, but didn't, You know, now a professional face-off player for 10, 10 seasons and one of the best. So I'd imagine it's similar uh, drinking from the fire hose there, your senior year, you went from like, you know, taking probably a combined 50 or so face-offs to taking over 200 or whatever. Uh, like talk, talk um, about that.
1: Like why face-offs and, I, and, and what was that experience like? So my high school career, I would like beg to take face-offs, be like, Hey coach, can you please put me out? I just want to be on the field 24 seven. I didn't play for, you know, uh, Calvert hall. I played for a team. Um, their first season was my first season playing and we're in between two powerhouses, um, where I'm from in New Jersey, next to Summit, New Jersey and, uh, Morristown where Del Barton, um, uh, perennial power is. And we're right in the middle of that. And we were not all across town. And, um, I was a football and hockey player and I played baseball growing up and uh, I just had too much ADHD to. to you know, sit in the outfield anymore. So my buddy gave me a stick. And (laughs) after that, I just, I just just had the time of my life of, you know, to date myself a little bit. I would watch Kyle Harrison, you know, just try to emulate his jump shot, but I didn't have a net. So I just shoot holes through my parents' fence. And my dad's like, what is going on back here? Right. Um, Kyle's going to hate that, by the way. I I know Um, that. I know. But, you know. (laughs) Hey, you know, Tom, Tom makes fools of us all. I mean, look at this. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when I got to RIT, um, I was kind of a, a preferred walk on. And um, I was a football background, and we had a lifting test that we had to uh, pass. It was like your body weight bench 20 times, 10 pull ups, 20 dips. Uh, your body weight squat twenty times like wasn't like insurmountable if you had been a football player in the in the two thousands. Um, but this was back when the cross players had did not know a, a thing about the gym. And I went into <laughs> went to RIT, and um, I was one of the only guys to pass all the lifting tests. And my I was by far the worst skill set player on the team. I'd never seen a long stick, you know uh, behind the back or pick up ground balls, you know, w- w- with the, with the precision, I'd, you know, that they were doing at the college level. Um, was that natural strength we, or were you already lifting? Uh, I, I was already, I was lifting at 16. Um, and you oh, know, no I, I played hockey growing up. so I just yeah. had a stronger base. Um, and you lift
0: like an animal uh, now. I mean, wait, talk about some of your, um, uh, what's your favorite lift?
1: Is it like some Olympic lift? lift? Like to, uh, like I, like get, dead, I like dead I like deadlifts and squats. I mean, love I'm a pretty meat, meat meat and potatoes guy. You like to get your um, ass to the floor on your squats, don't you? No, I can my knees are shot. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: okay, so your knees your knees are shot. But so g- give me a, give me a couple recommendations and everyone a couple recommendations on squats. Cuz I think squatting is notoriously done incorrectly. I was doing oh, absolutely. it I'm wrong for a long time and I had to adjust it with Jay and I still have to you know, use the mirror to, to make sure that my alignment's appropriate.
1: Uh, I think, I think too many guys think ass to grass is like the only way. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm a pretty firm believer of, of just hitting your 90, um, and then yeah. getting out because when are you ever I mean, that 90 is hard enough. It, if, if
0: you're getting yeah. your ass, if you're getting your ass to the floor, that means your ankle mobility is nuts. Like yeah, uh, most people and, can't get to 90 because it starts with their ankle mobility. And, and the reason you figure that out is if you just prop your ankle, get a, get a wood plank, prop your ankles on them or your heels, not your ankles, prop your heels on the wood plank and then squat and you'll see your range. You're like, Oh wow. Oh, it's because I don't have ankle flexibility. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And and I think there's uh, a big difference between Olympic lifting for strength and work and something I've learned recently in working out to play sports. Um, something I've had to take a kind of an ego hit between my numbers dropping, but being able to play longer and, and longe- uh, longevity, excuse me, uh, is a, is a big concern as I round 33, uh, as I'm sure you're, you're very well, well aware yourself is, you know, you have to let those numbers kind of dwindle in order to stay healthy.
0: Yeah. Oh, I don't even care about the numbers anymore. Yeah. I, I stopped caring about those when I started getting hurt. On the mm-hmm. field, not in the weight room. I, I'm fortunate to have never really experienced an injury outside of the playing field. All of my injuries live on the field. But to your point, the tie-in to that is uh, lacrosse and sport, most sport – is very reactive. And you can't anticipate your next move. And why we tend to stay healthy during our training is take an agility session with your strength conditioning coach. You're looking at the three cones that you're doing your agility move through. So your mind has already mapped out your movement. It's patternized. And you're safer versus coming down the field and, you know, scratch the ability, like the ground ball and getting hit three in three different directions as you bend over and try to scoop through and and run out of danger. But even as you're dodging, a defender might decide to jump at you last second. And all of a sudden your mind and your legs react quicker and your body's in a vulnerable state. And, uh, and that's like a big difference. So how do you restructure your workouts to be more,
1: uh, more like a game, I guess, as you've done. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I th- you had a good point with uh, with Romar. I think it was and just like how it, the the game is so fluid. Like I, I was a I was a running back and a linebacker in high school, and that is just find that guy, hit him in a straight line. Yeah. Like he's going to try and get around you, but he's never like coming from an arch for the most part. In in lacrosse, I mean, it's the game is so fluid that you're never going to get that like like unless you're like perk. Where you can just like run straight down the middle of the field, and someone's going to try and hit you, and he's just going to lay shoulder. It's like that's a very. There's only so many guys who can play like that, and right. because they're huge, um, they're, most guys are are you know either north, south, east, west. You know, there's so many different ways that they can cut through you. You know, mm. just trying to body them is, is at least the, uh, that I've found out is less is more in that situation, matching feet rather than try to, you know, you're, you're very rarely going to stand a guy up, not in the PLL for sh- absolutely certain. Yeah.
0: Lacrosse is, is about as fluid as soccer and basketball. So think about continuous possession sports, except imagine if there was full contact in soccer and basketball, that's where okay. we're at our most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, those sports have contact and and they'll be the first to say it. Um, but the level of contact that we play under, um, while still having to have that uh, that fluid possession and that control over our body, um, not to even mention the sticks wailing across our arms. But I, I think I think faceoffs is probably the perfect hybrid of something that starts out linear and then gets very fluid once the ball's loose and you have wings collapsing on you and you're in a very vulnerable state. Um, but but but. But talk about like how you think about the face-off, like what goes through your head on preparation into that down set moment. And then once it's live, I mean, just, just walk us through it.
1: Um, I think there's a few different schools of thought on the face-off. Um, and I think the reason why I've been fortunate enough to last as long as I have, other than, uh, the, Uh, being blessed with having coaches that have uh, been fond of me um, is that uh, I'm very short minded. Um, I, I, with the athletes I coach, I see kids who just crumble. They're, they're 90% guys and then they lose four face offs in a row and they literally, they like, they can't put their car into drive. They, they fall apart that hard uh, after a game. And for me, I I don't even know what the spread is until somebody tells me I, I could like, I know like, Oh yeah, I won the last one but I'm only thinking about the next face-off. I can't can't lose four and then on this next one, win one so good that that wins me four. I have to chip away, chip away, chip away or keep advancing, keep advancing, keep advancing. It's one at a time. It's a a a one-at-a-time mentality, whether I use my wings or I do it myself or I get bailed out by, you know, if I get smoked forward and the guy doesn't pick up the ground ball, okay, that's one for me. That's a little bit of positive karma. Let's get back to it. Okay, pop that one through my legs, had a good ground ball there. Um, I think, I think my mentality is just like, I'm like a Labrador retriever. It's like, I don't know how many times you threw the ball. I'm just really excited to go out there and, and go for it again. How did, how did you get that way?
0: Were you, have you always been that way? I mean, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that I've, uh, I've struggled with, um, you know, just reliving the past and enduring games and certainly after games, but it, it, I, I've had to put a lot of intention into
1: playing present. Um, my career, even before a professional, was uh, turbulent to say the least. Um, I've had a, I've had a steady diet of shit sandwiches. Um, <laughs> e- even uh, even uh, to to go back to the RIT days, um, after fall ball, uh, my coach brought me and uh, how he did cuts because we were D three and you didn't there was medical red shirt and or sorry there was red shirt but which wasn't a thing in D three or you made the team. Uh, I was the, I was R. So he brought us all the freshmen in alphabetically. And by the time that he brought in R's, I knew what the situation was. He would say, listen, you're either on the team, which was one side for the really good guys, or he'd say, listen, um, you had a great fall. Um, you can either red shirt or you can be with the team, but you're not going to play at all. And he literally, like, I know, I knew the spiel when I went in, sat down, he goes, okay, Jerry. Uh, you had a great fall. Uh, you have two options. I go, Oh, I'll, I'll stay with the team. Just shook my head and just like, I'm, I'm staying with the team. Yeah, no problem. I'm ready for, I'm ready for the beating. Um, and literally day one, he's like, I don't know where to put you go with the face off guys. And back then everybody was standing traditional grip. And I was like, I can't do this. It hurts my wrist. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I'll go moto grip because I can bench press. So let me, let me do that. And that's where I started having success. Um, yeah,
0: and no one was doing that until, like, the, the, the now face-off Academy crew who uh, have really kind of professionalized the position, which which you're an owner and a part oh, of. thank you. But, it, you know, it, fuck, when I was playing, we had uh, Harry taking draws my freshman year, Greg Pizer taking draws thereafter. Two animals.
1: Animals, Absolute animals. animals.
0: But, I mean, this was uh, – you never had a knee on the ground because that would nope. have meant you were slower to get up and out to pick up the loose ball. Mm-hmm. And there was very – very few players who would clamp or call it now a, a pinch and pop. It was very much like hand speed and just laser the ball out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys like formulaically built and, and systematized the draws and have built your business off of it. Um, but you know, at, at what point did it click for you? Um, and, and you know, you obviously the, the business aside, but from a, from a technique standpoint, why does like the one knee down moto grip kind of pinch and pop? Why is
1: that better than the other methods that have been out there? So, th- so think about it like a, like a jump ball in basketball, right? The tip off when you, when you tip off, you jump up in the air and two guys kind of slap at the ball and the ball can, you know, if you both hit it at the same time, they drop right into the ground. No one's really in control. There's just two forces trying to hit something. Well, let's say you're able to jump up in the air and just grab the ball and hold it. And then you could pass it wherever you wanted to. That's basically what the pinch and pop is versus everything else that you're just talking about. So uh, Greg Pizer, who is just an incredibly strong rake and then swing his knee out and body you off the ball. He doesn't know where that ball is going, but he's going to be the first guy to get there because he's going to be. He always has been a better athlete than me. But if I can jump up and change the rule of I'm going to grab this ball and bring it back down and then he can't touch me. He's, I have an invisible force field. So if I can control that ball for a second, see where Greg is, pop it away from Greg, and then I have two, three seconds to make a decision which way I'm going to go away from Greg, that is just, That is, in a nutshell why the pinch and pop became so much more prevalent than the top or the, or the rake because the ball was just kind of squirting all out over the place. We took a, an opportunity that said there's nothing that says you can't just lock on this ball and put it somewhere to – Put the ball in an advantageous position.
0: Okay, I'm going to take a quick break from my podcast with Jerry Raganese to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by our incredible friends and partners at Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is our presented by sponsor of the Premier Lacrosse League, like soup to nuts, marketing partner, founding partner, national partner, global partner during these difficult times. We ask that you and everyone around the world support the brands that support us. And us is everyone listening. It's the community of lacrosse. Ticketmaster supports lacrosse, and we support them. They're also our official ticketing solutions of the PLL. So they're meaningful from a technology standpoint and they have helped us get access to really every show that's offered in North America. So if you're not just into the PLL and you want to check out other sporting events and concerts as we get back to normalcy at some point, well, they've got you covered. So make sure you download the Ticketmaster app, have it on your home screen, it geotags, it knows where you live so it'll tell you where the shows are to be at like the PLL and I will see you at a PLL event soon. What is the call it one Im- imminent threat to the pinch and pop, and and not like, hey, uh, we're gonna get rid of the faceoff, or hey, you know, we're gonna maybe it's move the players further back from each other. What would you say, um, <laughs> you know? Actually, let me scratch that. If if everything was the same positioning of players, what is the technique that is that is best to beat, you know, that that
1: pinch pop knee down moto grip. Oh. I'll tell you the best way: using your feet. That's using it. your feet to so choose the to You're going to lose, lose the clamp.
0: If I'm going to get down ball, and lose the clamp, the and you're basically saying, "Paul, you've got to beat me to it." Once I decide. So you put you put a
1: Maxie Bald <laughs> out there, yeah. and you put a two Maxie Bald at his prime, two thousand fourteen, fifteen. Call it,
0: yeah, plus or minus.
1: It, yep, runs a four three forty savage. Right. And then you have a Jerry Raganese who, at the time, was two thirty because he thought he needed to be a bowling ball to push people off the ball. You say, "Okay, Max, this guy's going to pop the ball out. Chase him, and all you have to do is just run a guy who can't run away from you down. Yeah, that's all you have to do. But and you're that's not why you're, the, gonna, you're not winning
0: the draw. You've got you get even have, you even, guys even got if it I down.
1: even if I scoop the ball, even if I scoop the ball and I have a a an elite athlete checking me, I'm either going to have to make an insane play to get away from him." or make an insane pass to get away from him, or I'm going to turn the ball over. Those are the three options. That's what's going to happen. So I have to exert a ton of energy throwing the ball to somebody or running away from basically an apex predator. And if I have to do that 20 times in a game, I'm going to be gassed. And and this is just a normal day in, in the show for him. So if I can't beat an opponent with my hands, this is the only thing we are teaching now. You beat them with your feet. I have guys facing off without their sticks, hands locked behind their backs, running after guys using their feet because if you can just stand in front of him and keep him from getting a using your hips to kind of push him off the ball. I call it the uh, the Black Knight drill from um, Monty Python: The Holy Grail. The guy has okay. no arms; he's like kicking him. <laughs> it's a dated reference. <laughs> that, one, that one's for my dad. Um, and Kyle Harrison. And Kyle Harrison. Okay, Harry's definitely a big. Uh, a big Monty Python fan. <laughs> um, but if you can use your feet, it's it's the ball is just being released to space. If you can get there with the other guy, it's lacrosse. Everybody's so worried about this this part. Be worried about the after the part because so, you can. So the 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 six starting
0: faceoff players call it twelve in the league in the PLL. Mm-hmm. At what point then does a coach decide to say, "All right"? this guy's got my guy's number, we're just going to, you know, assign our best athlete to try to run this dude down? Or is it,
1: you know, a coin flip every time you guys get down to the X? I think you need to, have one, have a game plan. Um, You got to know your strengths. If player X is faster hands than me, I'm probably going to go standing to start. Um, I think, I think we did a good job versus, uh, game planning, um, versus the chaos in, um, in the semifinals. Yep. TK has unbelievable hands, but Greg is on paper, a better athlete. Does so TK we have went- the
0: fastest hands in, in, in the league? That's what Trevor uh, Baptiste said. Yeah,
1: I think Trevor does. <laughs> if we just haven't gone against both of them. Oh, you guys are um, so
0: goddamn humble. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Can't get someone um, but, to just stand up uh, and say T- I'm the vest. TK, fucking
1: best. TK is. I think if you if you line those guys up eight uh, eight days, which was too many days of the week, f- four days. Trevor's gonna be the fastest. Four days. Uh, TK is gonna be the fastest. I like that. Um, but especially in in especially what we've done with the rules this year, clamping doesn't mean anything because the wings are on you so fast. It means yeah. nothing. The clamps are great. It's how how can you position your wings to to bail you out and how fasten you to your feet to disrupt that ground ball. And that's so the reason that we move the wings ups. in and the move, reason we move the, the wings in is that we shorten the
0: field from 110 yards mm-hmm. end line to end line to 100. And what a lot of people don't realize is we didn't want to clip off five yards from both end lines because we wanted to keep the space for ex-attackmen who are quarterbacks to have that operating space behind the Mm -hmm. crease. So what we did is we pulled 10 yards out of the middle of the field, which increased the transition in the game and also made it easier for close defenders to take the ball over because it could get back quicker without Mm -hmm. leaving reverse transition as vulnerable as it would in a traditional... um, field dimension. So when we looked at, okay, there's a domino effect here at the faceoff Now the, the X in the center of the field is closer to the goal. So if that guy pinches and pops forward, then all of a sudden we're in like a four on three tight fast break with no, you know, saving grace from a wing. So as a result, we had to bring mm-hmm. the wings in a little bit and that's what you're referencing.
1: So, uh, you guys have to move faster. Is that right? Yeah. And, but also it, it's the best version of face-offs the PLO rules by far because everybody that complains that uh player X is too good. Our wings can't assist. Well, guess what? Now they can. So now when you get your teeth kicked in, it's because that guy game plan better than you or you didn't game plan well enough for him. If you watch games this year, I mean, Brian has picked off a ton of, pop, pop balls through his legs. And if somebody got fast break, the wings are there. You have to, I mean, in the MLL, you fast break somebody and you know, that guy was nowhere near you had four or five steps before anyone was coming, coming anywhere near you. Now, if you lock up even for a second and pop the ball out, somebody's on top of you, that is good for the game. That is good for the position. Cause that makes guys like Trevor, who is an incredible stick handler. He gets to show off his skills of getting away from those long sticks who are takeaway artists. And now, when he goes, you know, it has an insane game. It's earned, as opposed to, oh, no one's near him. He's yeah. just running away from from some one guy. Now he's beating three guys, making a pass, shooting twos. I mean, that's what I love about the PLL rules.
0: And and that in college lacrosse was, was similar to the MLL, and you know, college lacrosse was was before existed far before uh, professional lacrosse did. Um, and then we had our boy, a close friend of ours, and now. Um, newfound player to the PLL, Rob Pinnell. Uh, he's close with Grant Amon. And when they were getting their teeth kicked in at the X by TD Erlen, uh, he took to Twitter and said face-offs mm-hmm. should be eliminated.
1: And you fired back. Tell us why. Um, you know, Rob is Rob's <laughs> a polarizing character. I love <laughs> Rob the death, um, But, you know, it's it's a cop-out. It's like saying, oh, my, the, everybody cheers when a goalie has – 22 of 23 saves it, it's the greatest performance of, of the past 10 years he's celebrated and, and he's everywhere on instagram but a guy goes 30 for 30 at the faceoff x if you blow 30 whistles and a guy doesn't go early once even that in itself is incredible to yeah. beat a team that is that definitely knows that you're going to come in and kick their teeth in. Who's game game planning all week for you. If you can beat them in every scenario you have on, that is to be celebrated. And it doesn't happen all the time. It's not like every week there's guys going 30 for 30 or 20 for 30. It's it's just be happier watching a technician an artist at work and he'll be gone eventually. Sorry that your team lost. I get it. Yeah. Been on both sides. Yeah,
0: but I, I like that, the, the, the way that you guys were framing it. Hey, if a guy goes and scores eight goals a game that, um, you know, he shouldn't be allowed to play. If a goalie makes 20 saves, we should eliminate the goalie position. Uh, you know, look, the, the, the position is going to catch flack because it determines possession, and I think it's different than a number of other sports that, uh, you know, give the ball to the team who was just scored on. Um, so it's, you know, I, I, I see the logic but uh, what we did even before we announced the coming of the PLLs, we we did a uh, a, pr- a pretty substantial poll that was uh, insider and consisting of uh, of players in lacrosse, fans of lacrosse, and then just sports fans who have seen lacrosse before, and it was pretty overwhelming that. While over the last decade, call it, since the face-off position has evolved and it's very skillful that you hear like the, you know, both sides of the argument, in particular negativity, like the Yelp um, you know, platform in and of itself, it, it often feels louder than it actually is in numbers. But what we found as a result of the survey is that um, even people who disliked the face-off didn't want to see it go away. Because it is such a unique aspect of the game, mm-hmm. the artisanship of it, and the element that was celebrated before the position had evolved—and talking twenty or so years ago the the idea that you were never out of the game—you know, you could you could basically get football's version of an onside kick and continue a mm-hmm. comeback through the fourth quarter. So, um, anyway, we we were uh, we were. I, was, I would be honest, I was surprised that the, the survey came back with something like 85%, 90% of people were like, you got to keep the draw. Uh, it wasn't even close to a 50-50 uh,
1: ratio, which I was anticipating. But well, you know, And also what you guys did was, by moving the ball higher in the stick, and I don't want to get overly technical, but you, you've made every guy that goes out to a face-off, you, he's got an opportunity to win that draw. Because with the ball in the middle of your stick – no one's going to be the world-class face-off guys in the pros. Yeah. But if you move the ball higher, and it's just a race to who can knock the ball up the line faster, you give a poll, you give a D-Mitty an opportunity to slow him down. That's right. why, again, to keep harping on it, the PLL rules, I think, should be, at least how the lineup is, should be across the board, what we do down at the NCAA level, high school level. and Who lobbies for that? I don't know, but I want his phone number. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> So to find out <laughs> who that person is out there,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm sure, probably I mean, going to be, you to got be connections. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> you can give me the number. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So we've talked about, we've talked about lacrosse. We've talked about your manufacturing business. We'll talk about your other uh, passion and that's, and that's cooking and food. And I, I can't tell. Um, uh, for certain, but it looks like you have a bunch of knives hanging up behind you or like, uh, obviously some are those knives in that direction. I see the kitchen behind mm-hmm. you. We've had We're conversations. Nice. You told me like you bought some $5,000, $10,000 fridge a couple of years ago. And <laughs> I'm like, what is this guy doing? He's investing in like, you know, kitchen grade, like major restaurant, um, uh, artillery. And what is he act- actually cooking? And then you know, I started seeing it on Instagram. I'm, wow. Where did this guy develop?
1: These capabilities, these skills. Where does it come from? Um it came from college. Um used to go to TGI Fridays and I loved their Jack Daniels chicken strips. They were like I think like twelve ninety nine uh list price. And 12.99 12.99
0: back 12.99 that's, 12 years yeah, ago. I think, that's high. I, I think,
1: I think yeah, cut I feel that like price in
0: half t- on a Tuesday night. You're getting it for well
1: Tuesday nights. That's when you go, but you know, I want them on Thursdays and you know, I, I didn't have the scratch. So what I did was <laughs> this was pre-internet days or like pre like, you know, copycat internet days. I called Fridays and I said, Hey guys, I'm not, not looking to cause any trouble. I had an allergic reaction after I went to your restaurant. Um, can I talk to the chef by any chance? Like there's a chef, there's like some 16 year old that a microwave back there.
0: That's right.
1: Um, and uh, they're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Like I, I, I'm not talking lawsuits or anything like that. I just need to find out a couple of ingredients to go to my dietitian." And I said, hey, can you read me off the uh, the ingredients of the Jack Daniels sauce? I think that's the problem. Because I have chicken all the time. And the guy's just like, yeah, whatever. It's sugar, Jack Daniels, flour, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And I just started doing that with all my favorite restaurants. I just started calling and just like figuring it out. And I almost burnt the house down. And then but every Thursday. But your intro into getting the
0: recipe was I am a customer and I just got sick and I need to make sure that if I can come again, (laughs) that I'm not getting sick continuously.
1: Uh, Yeah. We like like, to call a a
0: bold face lie. Jerry?
1: Yes, yes. Um I but I did go back and I I did repay them with patronage. <laughs> That's good.
0: That's good. <laughs> so, so you started peeling off recipes from TGIFs and Ruby Tuesdays and Benny Hana. Yeah. A of good ones.
1: We had a Bonefish good dinner grill. at Benny Hana. Where was uh, that? In the Denver? best dinner. That was, was no, that was in that was in Long Island. Um it was in Long Island. Yeah, it was. What a great time. I still have that Walter picture across the Street room. from the
0: hotel, you know? Gosh, I
1: actually—and
0: t- now you're like a, a master ramen chef. I saw uh, when when we all decided to upload smoothie videos during quarantine because we're bored out of our minds. <laughs> um, you uh, you stood up, Marcus, and I, and you made a, the the smoothie of a lifetime, and that included uh, two ramen eggs. I mean, what the fuck were you thinking? That's not that's not um, actually
1: real, is it? Uh, it's. I did drink it. It wasn't not bad. Um, basically but it was that was your soup, first time drinking it. Sort of back when I was like two thirty, and like, you know, thought I was trying out for the NFL. Um, I used to blend chickens cause I couldn't get enough like protein and I, I can't drink synthetic protein. Um, so I would just put like a whole, like two chicken breast, chicken stock, a bunch of vegetables. And I would like, if it was hot, it basically just like kind of like chunky chicken soup. And that's what I would drink as like a protein shake. And I was like, all right, well, these guys are doing this. I can kind of go back to that. I used to drink that. It's not that gross. The only time I've ever heard of that was
0: when Steven Pizer was my roommate our junior year and in the fall after a scrimmage against Georgetown, he was hit late, broke his jaw. So he had his, his jaw clamped completely shut. And then he would buy Chipotle burrito bowls. He would blend them and then he would put his straw in the blender and he would drink the Chipotle. Not that far off. <laughs> it, it It doesn't sound like it. To be honest, I I mean, actually, I want to play this so everyone uh, can hear, and we'll, we'll go through this. I appreciate so the intro. Chicken water? Water of a chicken. So different than broth? Or, uh, yes. Or the same
1: thing? Same thing.
0: Okay, go on. Mushroom. Mushroom, good for the brain. Lion's mane. Good
1: I, for the brain. I don't brain. think I've yep, ever had the, that.
0: That's good for the brain too. That feels like a cop out. Why wouldn't you just do yep. double down on mushroom then if it's both good for the brain? Well, the the reishi's better
1: for immunity. The the
0: lion's mane for your brain. Okay, and then you just dumped a uh, can of black beans. Yep, black beans. And here comes your Two shredded chicken breast. Chicken good choice of music did you do that in post yeah. <laughs> so ricotta that must have been you know we got to spice up too. or was that a is that was that a ruby tuesday's recipe <laughs> that, that was a flex as you guys said <laughs> and then here we are so here are the ramen eggs hot sauce that feels good and that was, it. That was and, it and so actually how did it taste tastes like chicken soup
1: oh yeah, no ice in fine. it it was good no ice it was hot it was perfectly fine a little frothy not yeah. ideal but i we did drink put- the whole thing i drank i drank a whole jar of it yeah yeah well, we had a bet going on, um,
0: between a number of us at, at the office virtually, of course, cause we're not in the office during this time that, uh, that was fake. And I was like, no, you know, my bet is that, well, one, I, you, you, you can see clearly that he made it. Um, so it's real, but if you're asking if he drank it, uh, that's a lock. I mean, you, yeah. oh, one yeah. from one meathead to another, <laughs> all <right. laughs> <I'm> not going <gonna, laughs> to waste food, not in this age. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Some, some, uh, some beer bongs mixed with protein going back to college. I know you did that. I was like, Hey, Pat, at, at, uh, the age of 21, no holds bars. Yeah, of course. I appreciate that. Uh, that caveat there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, this was, uh, this was great. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, uh, what you're ah, doing what is treat. exemplary. And so thank you for, uh, for, for doing your part and then allowing us to be a part of it and sharing your story as well. It was awesome having you on. Ah, uh, pleasure's all mine, Paul. Good to see you guys. <clears throat> Thanks for listening to another episode of Unbuckled Chinstrap. This whole series is, has been a ton of fun for me and I'll say, I'll be challenging doing these podcasts remote. I prefer doing them in person, as I'm sure my guests do. Uh, just being able to connect with other humans through FaceTime, Google Hangouts, Zencast, or Zoom, whatever we use and talk about life, talk about this game that we love is very impactful. So again, Kudos to Jerry and everything that he's doing. Head to shop.premierlacrosseleague.com to pick up your very own PLO Guardian mask today. Make sure you follow Jerry on Instagram and Twitter. It's consistent at FlowGo37. That's F L O W, like flow, um, and then Go37. I was going to make a hair joke, but I love you, Jerry, um, and uh, and we'll just leave it at that. So hope everyone stays safe, healthy. We love you very much. Make sure you subscribe, rate this podcast five stars, and leave a review. We'll
1: talk to you very soon.